Friday is always good. It's the end of the week. And I get to work tomorrow. So it's great. It's fantastic stuff. It's good times. A lot of you are in the same boat. But I did get gifted a piece of silver today. That was very cool. Listener came up and passed the mic and gifted me a piece of silver. Thank you for that. Kind sir. It was awesome. All right. A lot to get to today, including open lines. So in one hour from now, we will have open lines. So write down this number. Don't call it right now, but write it down. 574-2595-953. That's 2595-953. Okay. Twitter files. Part two. We'll get into Kirsten Cinema a little bit later on, but I, I mean, really, why not? Kirsten Cinema is not a Democrat anymore. There you go. She left the Democratic Party. She's an independent. She lost none of her committee assignments. She'll still caucus with the Democrats. So she's basically going to be a Democrat 90% of the time. Okay, there you go. Perfect. All right, here we go. Barry Weiss, the Twitter files, part D. Twitter's secret blacklists. I remember when shadow banning was a right-wing conspiracy. And, of course, we confirmed that shadow banning existed when we had Project Veritas do an undercover investigation of people who worked at Twitter. And they admitted that they were shadow banning people, and then we had whistleblowers come forward and tell you how they did it. It was a right-wing conspiracy theory. Then it got proven true years ago. But still, to this day, up until this morning, there were people who did not believe that it was actually happening. Well, deny it now. Twitter once had a mission, quote, to give everyone the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. That was once a part of Twitter's mission statement. That's what Barry Weiss tweeted out. Along the way, barriers nevertheless were erected. Take, for example, Stanford's Dr. J. Batakariah, who argued that COVID lockdowns would harm children. Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending. And then she's got the screenshots. The screenshots to boot. Now, he's obviously not the only one. Uh, Batakarai has done some interviews since then, and he's, you know, he's retweeted a lot of stuff. He's basically said he's still trying to process this. But he retweeted something from somebody else. And it said, to be clear, The United States government colluded with Twitter to ban a sitting professor of medicine simply for having a dissenting cogent view that ran counter to the establishment narrative. This is a watershed moment for all of biological sciences. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. If you look at the screenshot, if you follow Barry Weiss on Twitter, you get the screenshot. You can see when she posted all this stuff. You can see the, uh, you know, the basically the back end on what it looks like in Twitter's system. She continues, or consider the popular right wing talk show host Dan Bongino, who at one point was slapped with a search blacklist. 
So they've got him on in the Twitter back end. It says that he's he's verified and he's active. So here's what the spikes are on his account, the throttle his account, okay? A notification spike, which means you don't get notifications when Dan Bongino tweets, even though you follow him and you have notifications turned on. A search blacklist, which means you can't search for the guy. Multiple accounts, Twitter blue verified, not safe for work views, SPMA. That's what they did to Dan Bongino. And by the way, I w- I'm very appreciative of the listeners who have started to follow me again back on Twitter. And and I'm not telling you that, that you know, you need to get back onto Twitter. If you are on Twitter, you can refollow me at Casey the Host. But I had... You know, years ago, I mean, the account was over 15,000 people. And Twitter would not verify me. And Twitter was eventually got to the point they were shadow banning. And then they stopped shadow banning me and they just banned me. Now, Elon Musk says Twitter is working on a software update that will show your true account status. So, you know, clearly if you've been shadow banned the reason why, and how to appeal it. So I'm assuming this software update is basically going to turn your profile when you log in into the back end here that Twitter looks at. So you can see like what strikes you have against your account and that sort of stuff just right there. So it's all transparent. Barry Weiss continues. Twitter set the account of conservative activist Charlie Kirk to do not amplify. So again, he's got recent abuse strike, notification spike, do not amplify. (laughs) Twitter denied that it it does such things. In 2018, Twitter's Vijay Gotti, the head of legal policy and trust, and Kayvon Bakepoor, head of uh, product, said, quote, we do not shadow ban. They added, and we certainly don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology, which we had already told you was a lie. We had already proven was a lie. Project Veritas proved was a lie, but it didn't matter. There's still some people out there who believed. What many people call shadow banning, Twitter executives and employees called visibility filtering or VF. Multiple high-level sources confirmed its meaning. Think about visibility filtering as being a way for us to suppress what people see to different levels. It's a very powerful tool, one senior Twitter employee told us. VF refers to Twitter's control over user visibility. It used VF to block searches of individual users, to limit the scope of particular tweets' discoverability, to block select users' posts from ever appearing on the trending page, and from inclusion in hashtag searches. All without the user's knowledge. And look, we we saw the, the shadow bans happen first, or at least we noticed them first, on Twitter. Now, I don't know if Twitter invented it, and then everybody else copied Twitter, or if somebody else had it first, and then Twitter is the one that just made it famous. I don't know. But Facebook does it, YouTube does it, Google does it, everybody does it. But we, we talked about it first in regards to Twitter. 
quote, we control visibility quite a lot and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do, said one Twitter engineer. Again, two additional Twitter employees confirmed this to Barry Weiss. The group that decided whether to limit the reach of certain users was the Strategic Response Team Global Escalation Team, or SRT-GET. It often handled up to 200 cases every day. But there existed a level beyond official ticketing, beyond the rank-and-file moderators following the company's policy on paper. That is the Site Integrity Policy Policy Escalation Support, known as SIP-PES. The secret group included head of legal policy and trust, Vijay Agati. Now, did I or did I not predict to all of you, and I know that I'm not alone in this, that Jack Dorsey didn't run Twitter, but that she actually did. It also included the global head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth. Subsequent CEOs, Jack Dorsey and Parag Agrawal and others. This is where the biggest, most politically sensitive decisions got made. Think high follower account, controversial, another Twitter employee told us, for these there would be no ticket or anything. One of the accounts that rose to this level of scrutiny was Libs of TikTok, an account that was on the trends blacklist and was designated as do not take action on user without consulting with SIPPES. Okay. Now, friendly reminder, all Libs of TikTok does is take content that Libs post themselves on social media, and they just repost it. That's all they do. The account with Shia Raichik began in November 2020 and now boasts over 1.4 million followers was subjected to six suspensions in 2022 alone. Raichik says each time Raichik was blocked from posting for as long as a week. Twitter repeatedly informed Reichick that she had, had been suspended for violating Twitter's policy against, quote, hateful conduct. Can't be hateful conduct if all you're doing is reposting their own posts. But in an internal SIPES memo from October of 2022, after her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged that Libs of TikTok, quote, has not directly engaged in behavior violative of the hateful conduct policy. So, once again, this has been the contention of primarily conservatives on Twitter. You're getting suspended, you're getting shadow banned, you're getting throttled when you actually haven't violated a policy. And everybody in the, you know, you, you left us out there on my Facebook page and left us in the media and everything else. No, 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 you got suspended or shadow banned or whatever because you violated the policies. And I keep saying, there's no policy that you can point to that I or any of these people violated. And there's an internal document here on Libs of TikTok that clearly states from within Twitter that even though Libs of TikTok in that year alone had been suspended 20, uh, was it seven times, that they had not actually violated any of the policies that Twitter has. But that didn't matter, did it? Libs of TikTok had to be destroyed. 
The committee justified her suspensions internally. Suspensions internally. My mouth is still not working properly from the ick. Uh, by claiming that her posts encouraged online harassment of hospitals and medical providers by insinuating that gender-affirming health care is equivalent to child abuse or grooming. Compare this to what happened when Rychik herself was doxxed on November 21st of 2022. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that had garnered more than 10,000 likes. That's when she was doxxed by Taylor Lorenz from the Washington Post. And as we pointed out, it's weird. Taylor Lorenz is allowed to dox everybody. But the moment you dox Taylor Lorenz, because she was doing it to everybody else, well, then those people had to be suspended. When Rychik told Twitter that her address had been disseminated, she says Twitter support responded with this message, quote, we reviewed the reported content and didn't find it to be in violation of the Twitter rules. No action was taken. The doxing tweet is still up to this day. Oh, ho, 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 ho. We got some internal Slack messages, too. Slack is a, like a peer-to-peer messaging app that's used by people who are on the same team and that sort of thing. Very interesting stuff. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Henderson. Got to tell you about Warren Chiropractic. As most of you know, I uh, used to have neck issues, an old neck injury. Caused me to get injections in my neck once a quarter. You know, it's a steroid injection in my neck and all that stuff. Not the good kind of steroids, the, you know, the healing kind of steroids. And not pleasant. I don't know how many people have had a needle stuck in their neck. Have you ever had a needle stuck in your neck, Alyssa? Does it sound fun to you? It's not fun. It's not fun. Okay? And you get a needle stuck in your neck. It's not pleasant. So I was, you know, referred to Dr. Warren at Warren Chiropractic by a lot of you and a lot of coworkers. I went over there and I got my evaluation, started my treatment, and uh, 92% um, repair in the curvature of my spine. And it has been great. Um, I feel better. I don't have the pain that I used to have. It's been awesome. And I really, I can't recommend it enough, honestly. Go to warrenchiro.com, click on the new patient tab. And again, get your consultation today. Let them know that I sent you. All right. So live streaming rumble.com slash Casey, the host rumble.com slash Casey, the host back in the Twitter files. Part due. open line starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So about half an hour or so. Internal Slack messages. Twitter employees spoke of using technicalities to restrict the visibility of tweets and subjects. Yoel Roth, Twitter's then global head of trust and safety in a direct message to colleagues in early 2021, a lot of times, SI has used technicality spam enforcement as a way to solve a problem created by safety under enforcing their policies, which again isn't a problem per se, but it keeps us from addressing the root cause of the issue, which is that our safety policies need some attention. Oh. Six days later, in a direct message, with an employee on the Health Misinformation Privacy and Identity Research Team, Roth requested more research to support expanding non-removal policy interventions like disabling engagements and deamplification and visibility filtering. 
So basically, it's like, look, uh, libs of TikTok and others haven't actually violated our policies, but we still need a way to censor them anyway because we don't like what they're saying. So let's come up with some creative ways to censor them so they don't know they're being censored so they can't say you're censoring me when I'm not violating your policy. Uh-huh. The hypothesis underlying much of what we've implemented is that if exposure to, e.g., misinformation directly causes harm, we should use remediations that reduce exposure, and limiting the spread virality of content is a good way to do that. Roth continued, we got Jack on board with implementing this for civic integrity in the near term, but we're going to need to make a more robust case to get this into our repertoire of policy remediations, especially for other policy domains. So once again, showing that Jack Dorsey's not quite in tune with everything, but that he would go along with it just step by step. Uh, Let's see. Going down here. I don't want to, some of the other stuff she's linking to external articles to support her case here. We don't really need to get into that. Um, we're just getting started on our reporting. Again, this is Barry Weiss. Documents cannot tell the whole story here. Big thank you to everyone who has spoken to us so far. And she says that Matt Taibbi is going to have the next installment of the Twitter file. She linked to him. And we also know, uh, which we've known before, but in these documents, we also uncovered that political candidates were censored by Twitter. Which, if you're asking me, censoring political candidates should be a crime, should be illegal, shouldn't be allowed to censor politicians who hold office and people are running for office. Uh, that is election interference, and that's interfering with public policy and that sort of stuff, and I don't think that's appropriate. But, you know, that's just me, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Radio and television has to follow rules. Maybe the Internet needs to follow those same rules or release the rules that radio and television have to follow. And let us do what the internet does. Because, you know, it's not fair that you can do some stuff some places, but you can't do it in other places when you're talking about the same situation and same individuals involved. MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Got to tell you about R&B Car Company. Roads are not great right now. Uh, we're getting reports of all sorts of slide-offs and slippery conditions and things like that around the listening area. So just be careful out there. But this might be a great opportunity for you to take a look at, you know, the uh, the garbage piece of trash car that you drive. And decide to go ahead and get yourself something that isn't a garbage piece of trash and go to R&B Car Company and get yourself something cool. Maybe something with four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Just something that'll get around in the slushy snow stuff a lot better than the thing that you're dealing with at the current moment. Maybe something more reliable. Uh, maybe something that has, I don't know, warming seats or a warming steering wheel. Do you have that, Alyssa? Do you have warming steering wheel or warming seats? I'll tell you what. I thought that that was for fancy folk until I got one. It does feel nice. I'm not going to lie. It does feel nice having having the seat warm your keister on the drive home. <laughs> What's that? You don't like heated seats? Heated steering wheel is nice. 
it is you can turn it on you can turn it off you know whatever you want to do but and it's automatic uh so it, at least in my car not in all cars but in my car it's automatic when the temperature drops below a certain temperature it just automatically kicks on so it's like oh it's cold outside we're gonna warm your butt that's <laughs> great i love it so yes um i i get that it feels a little foofy and it's a certain luxury item but i'm telling you right now when it's cold outside it's nice having it you deserve that you deserve to have warm buns underneath your uh underneath your keister Go to rbcarcompany.com, take a look at their inventory across all of their dealerships, schedule a test drive. When you go to R&B Car Company at the dealership nearest you, let them know that you heard about it, heard about them, I should say, from this program. All right, here we go. You ready for this? Let's talk about the latest investigation or updates or whatever you want to call it because it's kind of all of it involving the abortion doctor, Caitlin Bernard. Now, Caitlin Bernard... Um, she is an abortion activist and she commits abortions. So there was a 10 year old girl who was raped when she was nine in Ohio. She came to Indiana to have the abortion and Caitlin Bernard before filling out the required paperwork in the state of Indiana, uh, because when you're an underage individual and you have a situation like this, it has to be reported to the state. So that way child welfare can get involved. And, well, she wrote an op-ed in the Indy Star instead. So she decided to write an opinion piece about how Republicans were jeopardizing the safety and welfare of uh, rape victims, yada, yada, yada. She did that before she filled out the paperwork. This caused some confusion because people were looking for the case and they couldn't find the paperwork on the case because the paperwork on the case hadn't been filed yet. Because Dr. Caitlin Bernard didn't file the paperwork. She wrote an op-ed in a newspaper so she can get some attention instead. Well, this has led to a whole investigation by the Attorney General Todd Rokita. And, you know, as I highlighted before, did Dr. Caitlin Bernard break the law? It doesn't appear that she did, technically. But as she's using the patient confidentiality bit to argue against turning over records to the Attorney General, the Attorney General has pointed out that I find it a little ironic that you care about patient privacy when you're the one who wrote the op-ed about who this girl was. And as a result of, she didn't say who the girl was in the article, but as a result of that article, we found her. We found her. Uh, we've arrested her rapist. Her mom is dating the rapist. Her mom is defending the rapist. Her mom is saying the rapist is innocent. This little girl is still in danger. Never forget that. While the story does take the pro-life, pro-baby murder crowd, you know, arguments, it, it's important that everybody understand that this 10-year-old little girl is still in danger. Lawyers for Caitlin Bernard, um, the, she has dropped her lawsuit, which aimed to halt the state's attorney general from investigating her after she provided an abortion to a 10-year-old Ohio girl who was raped. So the lawyers for her voluntarily um, ended the lawsuit filed last month against the Indiana Republican Attorney General Todd Rokita. Uh, according to court filings yesterday, the lawsuit argued Rokita's office was wrongfully, wrongly justifying the investigation with, quote, frivolous consumer complaints submitted by people with no personal knowledge about the girl's treatment. Well, if you didn't write the article, we wouldn't have had a reporter knock on the door of that little girl. So your article violated that girl's privacy. If you hadn't written the article, we wouldn't know who the little girl is. 
Now, you can make a case that had she not written the article, nobody would have actually figured out that the mom was defending the rapist and the rapist lived with the girl because the rapist is the mom's boyfriend. Marion County Judge Heather Welch ruled that Rokita could continue investigating Bernard, a decision that came two days after the attorney general asked the state medical licensing board to discipline the doctor. Rokita alleged that Bernard violated state law by not reporting the girl's child abuse to Indiana authorities and broke patient privacy laws by telling the Indianapolis Star about the girl's treatment. Now, I don't know if the attorney general is right about the reporting bit. Um, She has 72 hours to report, and she uh, did so like on the third day. So if there's a provision in there that the attorney general knows about that I'm not aware of, I'll have to defer to him. I mean, he's obviously better at this than I am. My reading of it seems to indicate that she filed the paperwork barely on time, but she only filed the paperwork after it became a national story and after she wrote an op-ed about it in the Indianapolis Star. And the attorney general has a very valid point about her breaking patient privacy. Now, she says she didn't because she didn't name the the little girl. But again, as a result of her writing the article, a reporter in Ohio walked up to their front door and knocked on the door and got the mom to say, no, 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 he didn't rape her. Now, the reporter, to my recollection, did not say, well, then who did? Because your daughter was raped and she did get an abortion, so who was responsible if it wasn't him? Welch also ruled December 2nd that Rokita wrongly made public comments about investigating Bernard before he filed a complaint with the medical board. The judge wrote that Rokita's statement was, are clearly unlawful breaches, of the licensing investigation statutes requirement that employees of the attorney general's office maintain confidentiality over pending investigations until they are now referred to uh, prosecutors. So basically, they're saying, when you told everybody you were going to investigate her, you shouldn't have. Okay. So the judge basically gave a split ruling that both of them did some things that were not um, kosher, if you will. After the newspaper cited the case in a July 1st article that patients heading to Indiana for abortions because of restrictive laws elsewhere, Rakita told Fox News that he would investigate Bernard's actions, calling her an abortion activist acting as a doctor. And for the record, she is an abortion activist. Very well-known abortion activist who has, in the past, been accused of skirting the law for her activist activities. So... Once again, the Attorney General's office can continue his investigation. Um, Bernard's legal team has dropped their lawsuit against the Attorney General, but the court also ruled that the Attorney General should not have told everybody that he was going to investigate her. Okay? That's where we stand right now. So the Attorney General's office will continue their investigation of Dr. Caitlin Bernard, who, again, whether you support her or not, she did write an article that led directly to everybody knowing who the little girl was. And where she lived. Something to be said about that. I think more importantly, though, you know, forget the legal stuff. From a moral standpoint, once again, this little girl is still in danger. And the last word that we have is that she's still with her mom, who is defending her rapist. Now, I say her rapist because he's admitted to doing it. The mom still says he didn't do it. The little girl is still with her mom, who's defending the guy who admitted to raping her daughter. Why this kid is not taken out of that house, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Ohio's Child Protective Services Division over there, 
but this is an egregious misstep. This girl's in serious danger. The other thing is, this little girl did not deserve to be exploited by a doctor to make a political point. Before she even filed the required state paperwork to report the incident, she was talking to the press about this story. And that was, at the very least, immoral. More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. The Bears season is basically over. They're, I think they're on pace to get the number two pick in the draft. From what I understand, uh, the plan is to trade an awful lot <laughs> for a team to a team. because This is a heavy quarterback draft. So the Bears are going to trade their early p- The feeling is they're going to trade their early pick to teams that need quarterbacks and they're going to pick up a ton of draft picks and hopefully start rebuilding. Well, since that season's basically over, uh, I guess it's slightly better for the Colts, right? So if you're a Colts fan, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. This is America's number one sportsbook. And if you're a new customer, you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet does not win. All you have to do is sign up with promo code Casey. FanDuel has all of your favorite betting types. You want to bet the money line, the point spreads, player props, whatever you want. You can then combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payday with the same game parlay, which you can build your own, or you can choose from one of the pre-made ones that are already available for you in the app. I personally, when I'm betting on team sports, I like live betting just because I kind of see it as a cheat a little bit. You're watching a game and you see a trend that is happening in the game and you log into the app and they've got the updated odds for you to bet in the middle of the game. And, you know, not a lot of places will let you do that. So I enjoy that feature. You can sign up today with promo code Casey for your no sweat first bet. Again, that's promo code Casey and make every moment more this season with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the Indianapolis Colts because the Bears suck. Must be 21 or over and present in Indiana. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Open line starts in six minutes. Six minutes. I feel like that Fox News alert that comes through sometimes. Stations, you have six minutes, right? I feel like that. (laughs) okay that's only when Alyssa messes up yeah it's okay you don't do that one that much we've had other producers do it like all the time but you don't do that one that much yeah all right ran into a very interesting article uh it's called fallen idols seven darlings of the liberal press who fell from grace all right i think we start at seven and work our way to number one what do you think Let's do that. Number seven, Jeff Zucker. 
He resigned as the president of It's Not News at CNN earlier this year after he acknowledged that he had failed to disclose a romantic relationship with another senior executive at the network. Did you see what? Who was it? Was it NBC News? They pulled off one of their uh, one one of their shows lineups. Like, is a male and female team? They pulled them off. Why? Because they were diddling each other. The co-anchors are diddling each other. I, I don't quote me on NBC. I think it was, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, they ended up. Um, I, I guess the male and female hosts were having an affair, and it turned into like a big deal at the network or something like that. So they pulled them off of the air. Oh my god. What a disaster. Anyway, critics accuse Zucker of transforming CNN from a liberal news outlet to a blatant tool for leftist politics, which, of course, it did. Now, Zucker was a hero until they found out that, you know, there was some weird stuff happening. Number six, Harvey Weinstein. Everybody loved Harvey Weinstein in the news media. It's weird how many people kept ignoring the actresses who kept telling you how bad Harvey Weinstein was. They just kind of ignored him. It's like, nah, nah, he's one of our guys. It's okay if he's bad to women. It's okay. It's fine. He's Harvey Weinstein. Gives us lots of money. Helps Democrats get elected. It's totally cool if he rapes some people. It's fine. So Harvey Weinstein fell from grace. The Lincoln Project. In late 2019, several prominent never-Trumpers, including cable news pundit Steve Schmidt, and Rick Wilson and lawyer George Conway, among others, founded the Lincoln Project, a political action committee dedicated to vilifying Trump. By the way, I still need a lawyer for my uh, my political action committee, GSB PAC. The principles of the Lincoln Project routinely describe Trump as an autocratic threat to America, once calling him the, quote, greatest threat to the safety and security of Americans on the anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, by the way. Well, then we ended up finding out there's a bunch of pedophiles uh, in the group. Yeah, not good. Not good having a group of pedophiles. Not all of them are pedophiles. Just a lot of them are pedophiles. And the ones who were not pedophiles but knew about the other pedophiles covered up for the pedophiles and their pedophilic behavior. Not good. Number four. The hero, the next president of the United States, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. See, I don't think that they ever actually liked Andrew Cuomo. I just think that a lot of you know leftists in the media maybe kind of liked him, but I don't think the Democrats actually liked him all that much. But uh, yeah, Andrew Cuomo. But they were they were lionizing this guy during COVID, and he was amazing. Gretchen Whitmer modeled her entire COVID policy off of the dude, and. Yeah, ended up finding out that yeah, Cuomo was, uh, well, he's a great A piece of crap is what he was. But, I mean, it's sexually harassed at least 11 women, including current and former employees. The report also found that Cuomo oversaw a workplace culture rife with fear and intimidation. Now, he denied the allegations. But then we had video of him doing it. <laughs> so, one one of their heroes that was certainly going to run for president one day. Yeah. Number three, Stacey Abrams. I don't need to say much else about that, do I? Stacey Abrams has literally succeeded at nothing. Number two, Sam Bankman-Fried. He's the FTX crypto guy who I was talking about today at Pass the Mic. I think he was actually a plant to try and bring down crypto and uh, lead to government regulation and a digital dollar. That's my personal belief. And help the Democrats recoup their lost ability to launder money through Ukraine. Number one, though, 
there can only be one. Number one, the next president of the United States, Michael Avenatti, who recently just got 14 more years in prison for another one of his schemes. Michael Avenatti. Yeah, we love playing the montages of Michael Avenatti and everybody uh, singing his praises and accolades and talking about how he was the next coming of Jesus and, and was going to be president. But, yeah, not so much. Open lines next, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. It's open lines, 574-25-95-95-3. That is 2595-953. I have upped my quest to get a job from Elon Musk, which I'm, I'm vying to be Twitter's comms director. And I've been tweeting to him for a couple of weeks trying to get the job. First of all, I'm I'm obviously qualified, but he hasn't been responding because my Twitter account is too small right now. So I figured I would respond with, you know, that second gig that I have. True story. We make parts for Tesla and SpaceX. I wonder if that'll help. I'm just I'm trying. I'm trying, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Also, there's a good chance if there's a Mars mission failure, it's, it's probably my fault. 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. This is weird. Why are they all on hold for exactly the same amount of time? It resets. So can I take one? Because I don't have any orange ones. They're all ready? That's weird. They're all... Okay. So you did a weird thing and it looks weird on my screen. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. To the phone lines we go. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm confused about my color-coordinated call screener. But other than that, I'm fine. Uh, What's up? Yeah, I hope you're feeling better, too, as well. A uh, little bit better. Yeah, not, not too much. I felt bad about having the temper tantrum yesterday, but not not too bad. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I get that. Uh, and then, uh, so I have two, two, th- two comments. Uh, one... Kirsten Cinema, really, she may have said she changed to an independent, but she's still a Democrat. We all know that. We all know she's always going to vote with Biden well, for the, the most part. So this is what's so funny about this, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> I've just, somebody shared this on the Discord server, and I had to post the tweet. Um, some, hold on, what did somebody say here? I want to get the exact words here. But basically, Kirsten Cinema is a traitor— who ran as a as a liberal but or as ran as a democrat but votes republican and she's a traitor dude she votes with biden 93 percent of the time so kirsten cinema votes with biden 93 percent of the time and that's not good enough for the cult of personality for leftists that's what called it's actually it- it's, a traitor. it's hilarious, actually. That's a traitor and a Republican voter. Somebody votes with the, with the Democrats 93% of the time. It's like, okay. What is up with 
these people's thinking and logic is just beyond me. They are a cult. They removed God and they needed to replace it with some other religion and leftism is what it was. Pretty much. Uh, and then my second thing before I let you go is that I wanted to, I said this on the live stream, but I still want to say it on the, uh, on the radio. But uh, the one thing that puts me over the top when it comes to this whole Twitter thing is that the Dems refuse to work with Republicans to help fix something, to help fix the situation so it doesn't happen again. Yep. Yeah, Republicans. The Dems want this to happen. Right. Republicans will cross the aisle. Democrats will not cross the aisle. When they do, once in a blue moon, like Manchin and Cinema, they are ostracized. Pretty much. Yes. And now for the. Go ahead. Which is incredibly sad. Yeah. Well, it is. Sure. Tribalism is garbage, and it doesn't get anybody. It doesn't get anybody anywhere. You know, it's it's unfortunate. But uh, like I said, I long for the days where the Democrats would put a reasonable person up, and then the Republicans would put a reasonable person up, and we could, you know, maybe have polite debates about simple policy and what's most important for the country at that time. Uh, but you know, you've got the, the Democrats have straight lost their minds, man. I don't know what to say. Republicans aren't that far behind them most of the time, but Democrats have straight lost their minds. No, yeah, I know it's sad, but uh, well, I I hope you have fun at a uh, pass the mic. I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it to that, That's but cool. uh, you have a great weekend and uh, let's go, Brandon. You too. Have a good weekend. All right, five seven four twenty five ninety five ninety five three. That is two five nine five nine five three. Hey, just in case you are curious, because I've been running through some stuff here. This is true, by the way. Uh, Kirsten Cinema votes with Biden ninety three percent of the time. And she's one of the Democrats who votes with Biden the least. Okay? The least. So they're attacking her. Now, the entire Democratic machine rallied around Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada. She actually votes with Biden less than Cinema does. She only votes with him 92% of the time. And the Democrats love Catherine Cortez Masto. Why do they hate Kirsten Cinema so much? But the average Democrat votes with Biden like 97% of the time or more. So Kirsten Cinema is a traitor because it's only 93%. Uh, but beyond that, okay, beyond that, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republican Party, Votes with Joe Biden 54.2% of the time. The top Republican votes with the opposition more than his own party. Nate, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Casey. What's up? Uh, It's hanging in there, man. What's up? So I want to ask another few questions, if I may. Uh, So there was a Fox News alert. Uh, I think it was like this morning around 11 my time where they said some Democrats are telling their telling their own party, hey, we're done with you. And there was another Democrat who said, I'm no longer Democrat. I'm with the independent. Yeah, that's cinema. And that was cinema. Yeah. And so now it's what? Three independents. So what does that mean for the Congress? So Democrats still 51 votes, but you have to understand the independents still caucus with the Democrats. 
And as as I was just oh. explaining while you were on hold, Kirsten Cinema votes with Biden ninety three percent of the time, so she's still a Democrat. But I, I think oh. I think she's at a point where it's like, you know what? They're gonna chase me down and hunt me down in public restrooms and stuff like that. She's like, you know, screw them. I'm not gonna be. I will vote the way that I want to vote. It'll probably be ninety three percent of the time Democrat. Um, but she's not gonna call herself a Democrat anymore. They ran her off. They ran her off. She's not ideologically pure enough for the cult of leftists. 93% support. But see, this is the stuff that I talk about with Republican primaries. If you agree with somebody 80, 90% of the time, it doesn't make any sense for you to, you know, aggressively try to primary them because they're still on your side. Kirsten Sinema is still 93% of the time going to be voting with the way that the Democrats want, you know, big whoop-de-doo. But that's not good enough. She's a traitor, according to them. They want all or nothing. Gonna, fall in line. I was, I was going to say, uh, well, if she's labeled as a traitor and she's sick of the bashing, she could just go and say, you know what, I'm going with the Republicans. Yeah, she I could. Mean, yeah, I mean, she could. If she changes the way she votes, then maybe, but I don't expect her to change the way she votes. I think that she's just like, I'm not going to call myself a Democrat anymore. You guys are going to treat me that way? You know, screw you guys. That's what I think. That's that's what I was going to say, too. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. All right. What's your other one? Wonder, uh, so my other question is, is now that what what do you think Georgia should have done better? And what do you think Pennsylvania should have done better as far as like with uh, John Fetterman against Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker against uh, oh, what was the other guy's name? Warnock. For Georgia. Okay. Well, Warnock. with Pennsylvania, the first thing you do is you actually get somebody from Pennsylvania to run. Right. Um, look, Dr. Oz is somebody that's like universally kind of disliked by people. People don't like Dr. Oz. I hate that guy. I've hated that guy my entire adult life. I never understood why people watched this stupid little show. I never understood why people liked him on Oprah. It didn't make any sense because the things that he said didn't make any damn sense. The guy is kooky. Okay. He's kooky. You throw in there that he's not from Pennsylvania, and now you have the carpetbagger argument against him. And so even if somebody from Pennsylvania wanted to vote for somebody, people don't like carpetbaggers. And the Democrats keep trying carpetbaggers here, and they don't win because people don't like carpetbaggers. They want people from their area. They don't want somebody from the outside. Even if they agree with that person more than others, you know, they don't. It's like, well, I'm going to vote for my hometown guy because at least he's around here. I don't, what am I going to vote for somebody from out of state for? It doesn't make any sense. So he's not likable. um, And he's not from Pennsylvania. And that's going to turn a lot of people off. It, it, you know, it it just is. Um, You've got to run better candidates. You know, Herschel Walker, when Herschel Walker first announced, I was like, "Uh, that's interesting. Can his name as a legend in Georgia football be enough? For Herschel Walker to win. You know, it, it's I like Herschel Walker as a human being. Don't get me wrong. I like the guy. It's an inspirational story. But when you think of Herschel Walker, do you think of political leader or representative or, you know, anything like that? Do you even think of an intellectual powerhouse? And you probably don't. It doesn't mean he's not a good guy. Um, I don't, you know, I obviously don't know him, but he seems like a nice guy. But you've got you've to nominate people that, frankly, aren't subpar. 
Now, I've been very critical of the lieutenant, the lieutenant governor in Georgia's Republican saying that he was a subpar candidate the day of the election because you're just sabotaging that candidate. You know, I think that Herschel Walker would have been a guy who didn't have a lot of ideas of his own, but would go to Washington, D.C. and kind of do what the Republican uh, Republican majority wanted him to do. And he would be, you know, a loyal foot soldier for the Republican vote for Mitch McConnell and what have you. Um, I didn't I wouldn't expect Herschel Walker to go there and craft really good, interesting bills. I wouldn't expect that from him. Um, Maybe they need to start nominating people that do that. You know, you probably need to pull somebody out of the mines in in Pennsylvania. Find a Republican who's well-respected in the community and work their way up from the mines and things like that. There's plenty of those folks out there. Why the Republican Party there isn't nominating them, I don't know. Yeah, and how come and how come people and how come uh, the Republican Party isn't more critical about Mitch McConnell voting with Biden fifty one percent of the time? And he's too powerful. Obviously, obvi- obviously, being the rhino that he obviously is, he's too powerful, man. He's too powerful. Mitch McConnell has to retire, or he, he has to retire or die. He he's going to be in power forever. You know, you're not going to beat him. You're, it's you can't you can't beat the guy. You can't beat him in a primary. You can't beat him in the general. You can't beat Mitch McConnell. He's just he's too powerful. He's he's. It's hard to explain, but he basically runs the entire state of Kentucky. Like it's it, you know, it's he's Mitch McConnell. It was the same thing with Harry Reid. When Harry Reid was the Senate majority leader and the Senate minority leader, you know, at one point in time, he ran the entire state of Nevada. Not the governor. Oh, yeah, I not the governor. That guy. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And the only way you beat the guy, nobody liked him. Harry Reid's popularity in between elections was like 20%. Nobody liked him. He's an awful human being. But when election time came around, he was our guy. He's the most powerful person in Congress. He could do stuff for the state. We're going to vote for him. You saw the same thing with Pete Buttigieg, okay? You know how many people I knew that hated Pete Buttigieg, voted for Pete Buttigieg when he ran for president just so the hometown guy could get the vote? Like, why are you voting oh, for him? Oh, yeah. You thought he was a terrible that. mayor. You didn't like the guy the entire time he was in office. Why are you voting for him? Well, you know, he's, he's, from, he's from our town. I want to see somebody from our town be president. It's like, you got to stop that stuff. People have this this funny, yeah. you know, loyalty to their hometown. It's just, you know, it's bizarre. Yeah, that is a little bizarre to me. If you don't like the guy as a mayor, how are you going to like him as president? You won't. You'll vote for him, and then you'll be disappointed you voted for him, and then I get to say, see, I told you. But, yes, yeah, like, what are you, you going to do? So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, goes back to, it goes back to an old saying that I heard. If somebody told me, if you vote, you have no right to complain. And he said, well, where's the logic in that? If you vote for incompetent people, you voted them in. You caused the problem. Right. So well, I do have a right to complain because you caused it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the Republican Party, a lot of the weak candidates that they nominate is because they're trying to nominate people that they can control. And, you know, they can control oh, Herschel Walker. They can control Dr. Oz. We know that McCarthy only gave money to people he thought would support his his bid for Speaker of the House. We already know that. So that's what it's about. It's about solidifying the D.C. power base for the political party. It's not about you. It's, it really is the, the political class versus you and me. And the Democrats are, are bad. The Republicans are bad in, in D.C., okay, as, as an overall body. There are good people that are there, but as an overall body, they're not people that 
that are interested in, in what's best for you. Just not not at all. All right, Nate. All right, Casey. You Appreciate have a good day, buddy. You too. I got to go. All right, you take care. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Listen, um, with all the bad news that's been happening lately, you probably threw a couple of things at your wall. You can be forgiven for doing that. Um, it's, you know, throw things at your wall because, well, you're upset. And that's all right. But now you got family coming. The holidays are here and you need, you need a place to look nice. Probably not smell like spaghetti. So contact the good folks over at Five Star Painting. This is who I call to paint my house and various other projects. So before the family comes to town for the holidays, go ahead and get that paint job taken care of with the professionals at Five Star Painting. The pros of Five Star Painting will back their work with their done right promise, making sure that everything is done right and they check it twice. The holidays, of course, can be stressful, you know, but don't worry about that. Just have the professionals come in, take care of the painting, give them a call, get a free consultation, free color consultation. If you don't know what color you want to paint it for, tell them that I sent you. Get free paint with your next project. Merry Christmas from Five Star Painting. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, I was just uh, telling people on the live stream that there was a, a post, I think it was yesterday, that the uh, the Brittany Griner trade was the first WNBA trade that anybody's heard of. I think it's funny. It's, it's a funny joke. It's, it's still funny. All right, 574-2595-953. That is 2595-953. Taking your phone calls right now. Al, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi there. A uh, couple of quick issues. Uh, one thing with the two independents that are going to be caucusing with the Democrats, you know they're going to be voting with them all along the way. But sure. Because there's 49 Democrats now, why should they get committee choices? Well, uh, they have the tie-breaking vote, so you know you get the yeah. Well, well, actually, I think they have fi- they have fifty now, right? Don't they? I think it's because I think it's fifty. No, well, you got Bernie Sanders and in Arizona, so there's two. I thought that they were already counting Bernie as an independent. I, I'd have to double check, but the the right. v- they, the VP he, is the tiebreaker. Right, the he's VP is the tiebreaker, and he's gonna. Okay. Yeah. One other thing. Um, with this energy plan that was passed earlier, all of the charging stations going in around the country, right? It it put a hamper on construction where they use the same components inside. You've seen the green boxes that are in the neighborhoods that are small transfer stations and that. Okay. That they for the houses. There's over a six month waiting list on those now. I work for. Um, construction supplier, okay. and we've got three houses right now that aren't going to have power, that are up and built, but won't have power for at least six months. Well, I guess that's a good question. It's like they passed this thing to build the 
build the charging stations, but can they actually build the charging stations or are they going to take away from industries like yours and then Yeah, they're divert? still in the Yeah, they're still in the parts to build the charging stations and uh, Interesting. Well, I wish I could say that I was surprised, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. look, it's it's a giant mess. I, I mean, I, I don't. I keep coming back to it's all foobar. I don't. I don't know what else to say. It's foobar, but it's but, it's designed. Right. That way. How do you, you know, how do you tell somebody that? Oh yeah, you got you know two three hundred thousand into this house you built, but now you know there's no not going to be any electric there for. Yeah. Well, you say, hey, there's a guy that used to be mayor here, and he really sucks at the supply chain. And then there's this uh, other guy who doesn't have a brain. Um, he's sitting in the White House. But, and he's he's stealing your power to go make a charging station for a vehicle that you don't own. So. Yeah. And so, but I just think, you know, back to the other subject there, you know, 51 Demo- so-called Democrats, two independents, that brings them down to 49. So I don't think they should. They're going to vote in caucus to all together, you know, understand that. But I don't think they should get committees. But I'm sure it's the way the rules are written. For yeah, them. I, if you have an equal number on each side, the VP is the tie, the tie vote. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you much. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, got uh, more coming up in just a couple of minutes. MNC News time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. To the phone lines we go. It is open lines. We're taking your phone calls for, we're only halfway through this thing. Does it feel like I've been here forever because I did a two-hour show before I did this? Is that why? Did you just poke yourself in the head with your own headphones? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the funny thing is that everybody in this industry has their headphones like smash their face at one point in time. You pull them apart and then like one hand slips off and it's just like. <laughs> anyway, to the phone lines we go. Ben, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey. Um, before I give you an update on Indiana House Bill 1182, that's yeah. the. That's the school board bill. I got an update for you on that. Okay. Uh, before I get into that, I, I wanna, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm still laughing. You talked about the Chicago Bears, arguably the worst team in the NFL since 1986. You talked about the WNBA, the one trade they made with Brittany Griner, and I'm, I'm putting the two together. I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe the Bears try to get Brittany Griner. I mean, oh, they can't uh, do any worse. Well, I mean, the Bears keep getting rid of their, the Bears keep getting rid of their good tight ends. I mean, she could play tight end. She could, and you know, she she might help them improve a little bit. I don't a know. Bit. Yeah, I mean, they, they won't do any worse. <laughs> yeah, that's coming from a Cowboys fan, so you may hate me there, but I don't care. No, I that's like okay. I, look, it's inevitable. We'll we'll get to laugh at you in the playoffs. It's inevitable. So yeah, I know that's every year. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. What's up? All right, so I talked to uh, – I called my representative for the Indiana House. That's Jake Teshka. Yeah. I called him. It was kind of cool because 
I didn't know his number right away, so I looked at it. I had his Facebook, so I looked at his Facebook account, and this dude literally posts his number right on Facebook to call him. It's weird, that's right? Pretty, it's, it's pretty rad. Yeah. Okay, and I don't, I don't use that word very often, okay? So I'm on my lunch break at work, and I call his number on Facebook, and he just answers. He's like, yeah, hey. I'm like, Jake? <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm like, Representative Jake Teshka, is that you? Yeah, what's up, man? I'm like, wow, amazing. Hey, look, man, I'm just calling to ask you about Indiana House Bill 1182. And I know every week I talk about that on your show. That's that's yep. the bill, the Indiana House bill, that makes school board elections partisan, right? Because mm-hmm. we know they already are. You know, they're just not officially, right? So, right. And, and, and Jake, he's in total agreement on, on my position on that. And I guess he saw a YouTube video that I made on it. Shameless plug. Look me up at Ben's Rant Nation. Okay. And um, he saw my video, and uh, he called Representative Wesco, who wrote the bill originally last year. I guess there's a lot more energy towards it this year than before. From what I understand, so, there is. Yeah, I was actually at an event with uh, Representative Wesco last night. I didn't talk to him about that. I figured, you know, we're at an event. I'm not going to hit him up with, you know, politics and stuff. We had some fun um, bantering about various things. and um, But other than that, yeah, no. And I'll tell you what, though, he did – on one of the issues when it came to like ESG, um, Wesco seems fired up this session. I'll be perfectly honest with you. He really does. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very hopeful for his representation of his district in this current session. Yeah. Um, it's, it's sounding good. So it sounded like it will get votes. It'll be a different bill. Once he, once he puts it up again, it'll be a different bill number. It won't be 1182 again, but he will, I guess, I guess he's wanting to put it back up. It should get votes. Then the only question will be the Senate, and I'll be giving you tons of Senate updates because I'll be calling all of them. So the, the, the big question is, will it pass in the Senate? And um, stay tuned for that one because that'll be entertaining. Yeah, this is, it's going to be an interesting session. And, you know, Honestly, I think that there's a lot of new people in the legislature in the state, and I think last session some, some interesting political tactics were kind of used to some effect against them, and they're wiser now. And a lot of them have said that they're not going to let those same tactics kind of manipulate them uh, this time around. So it'll be interesting to see how, how things go. But I'm very hopeful for the new session. And I haven't been in Indiana for a long time, but I, I expect much better things than we've had the past several years. Yeah, man, I, I really am. Uh, this is, this is um, you know, all this stuff that happened where they cheated. They used um, school funding, school resources to promote the incumbent Democrat candidates. Right. People are seeing that. Like, that's not you – know, I think before school board races had such low profile, all that stuff was kept under wraps. Sure. But now we got guys like Clifton French reporting this stuff. You, you're talking about it every week. And people are hearing about all this crap that they did that they used to get away with. You know, they used to get away with this stuff and they're not anymore. And I think our representatives are more fired up than they've ever been. And um, I'm going to be calling them every week. I'm going to I'm going to have some kind of update for you. Um, That's good. Especially when it goes to the Senate, you know. Yeah, that's that's no, that's very good. I appreciate it, man. Thank you much. Hey, thanks. You take care. So I was at the ESG event put on by Heritage Action for America that we were promoting. I was at that last night and. The topic of contacting your local representatives came up. And because I know that a lot of you out there, you know, you've heard it. Oh, call your representative, email your representative, you know, that sort of thing. And I know that a lot of you have heard that. And I think that a lot of you don't believe that it does any good. And, you know, 
it's amazing though because uh, you're in, in a room first of all with a lot of people at different levels of of local and state government that were there and two of the the, the two panelists that we had one worked in a state government office and the other one was a state representative for the state of Texas and they were bringing up their experience with your phone calls and emails and things like that and how it really worked. And, and the way that it was explained, um, one of the ladies who spoke, and I forget her name, I apologize, but, you know, she said, in, when I worked for one of the politicians, one of the officials there, something would happen where they thought they were leaning one way on a particular bill, but they wanted to, you know, take a, a poll of what their constituents were thinking just in case they missed something. And what they would do is they would ask her to bring up all of the emails. And emails were important because emails were the record, right? So phone calls are good too, but emails are very important. So if you make a phone call, write an email. If you make, if you write an email, make a phone call. Do both. And she says that he would have me pull up all of the emails that were on a specific piece of legislation. And do a poll on if people were for or against it. And that could weigh his opinion on how he would end up voting based on the constituency's, you know, um, activities with contacting his office. So it really can happen. And, and we had a, a lot of local politicians and things like that who were there were basically saying the exact same thing. Wesco even said the same thing. It's like, yeah, when you guys send us emails and stuff, it really does help us in, in you know, because sometimes we miss something. You know, sometimes we're being told one thing and, it may take an outside perspective, oftentimes from a common sense individual who can help us understand something that maybe we missed in that bill. And it really is important. And I, I get it that maybe when you contact your senator or your congressman or something like that, maybe you don't get the feedback. I understand that. But when it comes to your local and your state representatives, it really is important. Make sure you do that. So whether it's the bill that Ben was talking about, whether it's another piece of legislation up there, make sure you call and you send them an email. So that way they have some kind of a track record as to where at least a lot of the people who are passionate in their constituency, where they feel about something. It is important. Make sure you put in that effort. All right. Uh, Rob, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, Casey. What's up? You know, as long as we're in the establishment, there is no accountability, and it doesn't matter whether you're a, a local election official screwing things up or whether you're not guarding Jeffrey Epstein or doesn't matter what the Twitter files turn up. It, 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 there is no accountability. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody loses their job. Everything stays the same. Yeah. Hard to dispute that. I, it's very rare. It's very rare that somebody's held accountable. Yeah, you're right. I just, I, I don't know what we can do. I, I'm, I'm just so tired. It's just like beating your head against the wall, and nothing ever changes. It's a, the slow march, the socialism continues. Well, you know, somebody had asked me today, and, you know, kind of like, can we turn this stuff around? And I, I said, yeah, technically, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's an uphill battle. And you have to be prepared for that. I don't want to sugarcoat this crap because, you know, if you start thinking, oh, yeah, we're just an election away. And, you know, that's not good. That's not good to lie to people that way. This is an uphill battle. 
you have you've had a war waged against you since the Cold War on your culture. They have been fighting the war. You have not. And they have, as a result, gained a lot of ground. And they're finally in a position to make very fast moves. And they're making swift progress. And you are running out of time. It's kind of like when a boat sinks. Like, it starts to sink really slow. And then eventually, once it starts filling up, and it starts spilling over into those watertight containers like it did in the Titanic. Like, it goes down a lot quicker than you, you expect it. But... You know, that's kind of where we're at. You know, we're, it's not it's not a lost cause. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that. But you need to understand that this is going to take a lot of effort for a lot of years. And it's going to be little gain by little gain by little gain with a lot of effort. That's what it's going to take. And unfortunately, people were asleep at the wheel for far too long. This is a brutal, awful game of inches at this point in time. There were periods of time where Democrats didn't win anything. There were periods of time where Republicans didn't win anything. Um, and so... You know, if you have these little gains on school boards and things like that, appreciate that you got any gains at all and understand that there's going to be setbacks. People in Michigan, you know, gerrymandering kind of screwed you guys over. But that doesn't mean that you can't come back. Don't forget, they did this stuff in California, and yet some of those districts were able to turn red again. I mean, you can come back from it, but you have to get used to the suck. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be putting a lot of effort in perpetually, for a long time, for very little gain and very little progress. But it should pay off in the end if you keep at it. So, words of, um, I, I, not exactly encouragement, but <laughs> more like just embrace that it's going to be hard. Yep, we can't, you got to keep the fight up, but. But, uh, man, it's just reality. It's just reality. That's it. Look, things have been too easy for too long, and we have soft people. You know? Amen, brother. That's that's how it is. And so there's very few hard people left, and they're not the ones in power. The soft people are in power. And now you're going to get hard times, and those hard times are going to create hard people, and hard people are going to hopefully make better times again. Uh, It's a a cycle. I hope so. Yeah, me too. For, For our kids and grandkids. I hope yeah. so. And I hope it isn't too hard to get to that point. All right. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you so Thanks, much for the man. call. The All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know how else to say it. It's, you know, you, you have, you, and I get it. A lot of energy goes into elections. And if you don't, you know, win everything, like it's demoralizing. I understand that. But that's politics. This is not a country that leans one way or the other anymore. You know, it's a uh, deeply, deeply, deeply divided country. And you're going to have to acknowledge that, you know, about about 40% is hard one way and about 40% is hard the other way. And then 20% are going to decide the elections. you got to go get them. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I keep bringing this up because I keep seeing it over and over and over again. For you people who have been around in politics for a longer period of time, might be a little bit older, on the Republican side of the aisle, you are not doing enough to embrace younger people. And if you hear that and hear I'm attacking older people, you should probably step away because that's not what I'm saying. But I'm getting sick and tired of hearing through my sources and my channels and the groups that I'm involved with. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about very talented young people getting run off by people who've been around for a long time because of jealousy or pettiness or what have you. 
you're going to run your talent off. You got you got to have them. You know, and it's unfortunate. I keep seeing it consistently, month after month after month, year after year after year. You know, when we finally get young people involved, you've got to let them be involved. You can't just control everything that they say and say, "Oh, look, we have young people." They're not. They're not tokens. They're assets. Use them. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. Do you love your family? Do you want your family to be comfortable when they visit you for the holidays? If the answer to that is no, then go to a department store and buy cheap crap. If the answer is yes, go to MyPillow.com. Radio listener specials use promo code Casey to unlock all of the savings. You can get some gossamer blankets, 65% off, quilts as low as $69.98, throw blankets as low as $49.99. You got a waffle blanket, got down comforters are half off right now with promo code Casey. Duvet covers up to 65% off. And if you're a pillow freak, they've got pillows galore. Tons of savings on pillows. All you weirdo pillow people out there, which are like all women. But weirdo pillow people save 50% on pillows right now at MyPillow.com. Promo code Casey. All right, what else do we have? Open lines. And Lee, welcome to the program. Hello, Casey? Yeah, what's up? Oh, hey. You know, it's Christmas time, and I think I have to mark all my kids' presents with provided by Governor Gretchen Whitmer on there. Oh, boy. You're talking about uh, emails. I get an email every day where dear Gretchen has put on, you know, uh, she's uh, employed more people at Pfizer or she's, uh, you know, done uh, some great road work like closing Interstate 375 in Detroit, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So they're trying to soft pedal uh, Gretchen for, you know, uh, right after her election to governor, they're still keeping on, keeping on. So they're working hard to do this. And I even seen, heard rather, on your radio station, uh, Fox News reporting about the 13 people arrested for the Gretchen Whitmer attempted kidnapping. However, they didn't explain that seven of those were FBI informants. Right. So, you know, we've got uh, problems right now where here at Christmas time, they're trying to make Gretchen into Santa Claus and that we have our problems uh, with the uh, regular press uh, trying to portray her as uh, Saint uh, Gretchen. So, uh, 
I, I want to, you know, comment that we've got to work hard starting now to defeat her uh, for her attempted national bid, whether it's to be a vice president or a cabinet member or whatever. But uh, she's on track uh, to become St. Uh, Gretchen of Santa Claus. Yeah. So we, we got to stop that. Document all those terrible roads, man. Because we're heading into bad road season, and it's rest assured, people get irritated with those roads. She hasn't done a darn thing for those roads. Well, even worse than that, uh, she's closing off Interstate 375. That is the feeder for uh, the Ford Field football and the uh, Little Caesars uh, ice skating uh, hockey arena, all that stuff in Detroit. And it's really unpopular. Yeah, really, really unpopular up there. All right, I got to roll. I'm in a hard break, but I appreciate the call, Lee. Thank you so much. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's that Detroit project is <laughs> Buddha Judge and Whitmer love it. Like everybody in Detroit hates it. So, but again, you know, you wait until the election to go ahead and uh, screw people over. That's that's what they do. Got another hour of open lines, 574 2595 953. Also, watch the live stream at rumble.com slash Casey the host. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Open lines. Uh, I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. To the phone lines we go, 574-2595-953. Got one hour of open lines left. Todd, welcome to the program. Hey Casey, right there. Hey, I was uh, I was thinking of a movie that you may I assume you have seen, but it's a great old movie called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yep, very familiar with it. And that was a breakout movie of Jimmy Stewart, but that's an eighty-year-old movie. Yeah. And if you watch, it's amazing how much it talks about political corruption, the media. Uh, forming public opinion, smearing a candidate. And it's a, just a great movie, but it shocks me that it's 80 years old and still how true it is today. Yeah, I, you could easily make that movie again and update it, and I think it would be really compelling stuff. I agree. I think, uh, again, for those that have not seen it, they need to see it. Yeah, and, you know, it is. It's an old movie. Um, did they ever colorize that one? I believe it's just back black and white. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they that ever. Way. Yeah, I don't know that they ever colorized that one. They may have, but um, yeah, the black and white version of it. And but you're right. I mean, you go back all that time, and and you know that's the thing too. It's like if you go back in time, there was always this happening in politics, and it 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 always does happen. I mean, it's it's a part of it. I just think that what's happened now is the the ability to correct those issues has been removed from the people's abilities uh with you know we don't you know we elect the senators now uh, it's less important about your le- state legislature you know that sort of thing and it's just um I, I unfortunately i just feel like we've been handcuffed you know we didn't used to have those issues but we've been handcuffed now and and that's where things get really scary you know our ability to correct those wrongs and 
those issues in our, our political system has been hampered. Well, that movie, you know, they pu- formed public opinion through the newspaper because that was the main media, and today we've got a completely different. But the the end result's the same. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I appreciate it, man. Thank you much. All right. All right. Take care. You See take ya. care. Yeah, it's um, and it is. It's a great movie anyway. Um, we actually watched that in school at one point in time. Was it high school or junior high school or something like that? Yeah, we we watched it there. And, you know, I know there's there's various versions of those type of old movies, you know, about the political process and whatnot that they're, I think they're important for people to watch. And, you know, you have to, I think you have to kind of just, you have to realize there's a real corrupt system in place. And the political class is it's all about solidifying power and wealth and, and everything else. So I'm gonna give you an example here. So let me let me see. I'm gonna do a quick little check. Hold on a sec. Um Alexandria Andrea Ocasio Cortez. Uh, I'm just looking for something. This is like an off the cuff thing, so I apologize about doing this right right in front of you. Um Okay, <clears throat> so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's net worth is $200,000. That's what it's estimated at right now, okay? Now, hold on, just bear with me here. Some of you are going to look at that and go, well, that's not that much. And you're right, that's not all that much. But what you have to understand is, she was she had negative net worth when she took office. You know, now she's got a net worth of about $200,000. Now her salary is $174,000 a year. Okay? So she's got a net worth of $200,000. Remember when she couldn't afford her apartment? Now all of a sudden it's not a problem anymore. Remember that? Well, there's a guy by the name of Maxwell Frost. Now Maxwell Frost is the first Gen Z member of Congress, the very first one, okay? Um, He's basically a Marxist Democrat, super, super left-wing. And he went to Washington, D.C., and there's a puff piece written about him in in NPR. Congressman-elect Maxwell Frost was excited. He thought that for the first few months of living in D.C., he'd be couch surfing to save money, but as luck would have it, he found an apartment in Washington, D.C.'s Navy Yard neighborhood with monthly rent that he figured he could swing. This week, he went to view the apartment and spent about an hour filling out the application and providing information for a credit check. He also submitted a $50 application fee. Now, for the record, okay, I, I love that NPR is doing this as a sympathetic thing, and I guess the people at NPR have never rented before. Like, you know, he spent an hour filling out paperwork. He had to do a credit check. He paid $50 for an application fee. Yeah, like everybody else. Everybody has to do that when they rent. Everybody. Don't give me this poor me garbage. You know how annoying it is to spend $50 or $25, whatever it is, as an application fee? I went through this when I was younger. You have to go fill out all this paperwork. You got to give them your pay stubs and bank information, all this you got to give them all that just to have them come back and go, yeah, you're not good enough. Leave. Yeah, it sucks. Now you got less money, but you got to go find other stuff. There was one thing that he was worried about, though. 
after a year and a half of campaigning and winning, okay, and winning, Frost had gotten himself into debt. And as a result, he had a low credit score. Now, I don't think for a second that his debt was because he ran for office. It's usually not how campaigns work. But I digress. Despite his low credit, Frost said that the apartment representative said that he'd be fine. He wasn't. Just applied to an apartment in D.C. where I told the guy that my credit was really bad. He said I'd be fine. Got denied, lost the apartment, and the application fee. This ain't meant for people who don't already have money. That's what he's, he's tweeting out there. Now, again, him running for office is not why he has bad credit. He has bad credit because he had bad credit. Landlords often used credit checks to approve a tenant's rental application. NPR seems surprised by this, Alyssa. This is, this is a new thing for them. Because, again, snob fart sniffers over at NPR. But research has shown that credit scores actually perpetuate racial disparities. Okay, so now this is about this guy being black? Really? Sometimes the information provided in a credit check is even wrong. Not sometimes, often. Oftentimes, and I've said this before, I don't care who you are. If you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're a Libertarian, you're a Green, you're an Independent, I'm willing to bet that if you ran a serious campaign on reforming the credit reporting system, I bet you win. I bet you do. Because the credit reporting system is absolute hot garbage and trash. Anyway, um, information provided on credit check is, is even wrong, is often wrong, unfairly costing people an opportunity at housing, according to Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And that's true. That's all true. But I lo- this guy, who's now got a $170,000 a year salary, he's getting a puff piece on the stuff that you and I have always had to deal with that nobody ever cared about. But it's not just because it's the system. No, no, now it's a racial component. It's not a racial component. This is the same thing that anybody has to deal with, particularly young people. They have an established credit or, you know, they're young and they haven't earned a lot, so their debt-to-income ratio is too high, or they were given a bunch of credit cards at the age of 18 and they were stupid and they blew it all because they didn't have dad in the house telling them not to do it. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And Washington, D.C. is very expensive. And he hasn't really started collecting checks yet. I get that. (laughs) But, you know, here's the thing, man. Instead of getting an apartment by yourself, why don't you do what most freshmen do and kind of bunk up? A lot of people who go to Congress, they bunk up because you're only supposed to be there part-time. You don't need a full-time apartment in Washington, D.C. You're supposed to go back to your district, dude. You just need a place to lay your head when you're in D.C. working, then you can go home. That's the point. So a lot of members of Congress, they will actually pull together. They'll get a big house. They'll pay the rent. They'll have several rooms and, you know, communal bathrooms and kitchens and all that stuff. It's like a frat house. Lots of people do that. And then you're not spending a ton of money. And since you're not there all that much, or you're not supposed to be there all that much, you're supposed to be where you live where your constituents are, then you'll be fine. But that's not what they want. 
I mean, this is an amazing puppy. Here's the thing, though. This is a guy whose credit is so low he can't rent an apartment in D.C. in spite of him having a guaranteed salary for two years. How bad is this dude's credit? It's probably not even his credit that's the issue. There's probably a flag on there that he destroyed property or something of that nature. Because usually, even if your credit is bad, but you have guaranteed salary, like military personnel kind of know what we're talking about. Uh, you have guaranteed salary. Like, people will approve you on that. There's got to be something in this dude's background that has this place going, we're not giving him a place. That ain't going to happen. So I don't know if if he's got a history of trashing units or what. I don't know. Um, but this is a guy who has a guaranteed salary of 174 k a year, and they're not giving him an apartment. That's a little fishy. If the story is true, and again, we're assuming the story is true just for the sake of assuming. But I'll bet we'll come back to this guy. We'll be like, hey, remember that guy that we told you about all those years ago who couldn't even get an apartment because his credit was so low? Yeah, he's a millionaire now. I'll bet you. Bet you it happens. <laughs> I don't know how it can happen for a Marxist. But I bet you it happens. And more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, I tell you every year to make sure you get the good present first. All of you have that one present that you want to get that special somebody. Go to Impress Jewelry Creations. Get that present before you run out of money. Because then you'll regret it. You'll be like, oh, I really wanted to get this thing. And here's the thing. like, You need to shop early to get the best selection. So go to Impress Jewelry Creations right now. They have their holiday sale going. You can save up to 40% off. Okay, It's, it's amazing. First of all, they partnered with the largest Diamond dealer in the United States. They have the biggest selection and the best selection of loose diamonds in the entire area. Plus, with the holiday sale, you can find that perfect gift, 20% off nearly the entire store. You can save 10% on top designers like Zagani, Soho, William Henry, and even 25 to 40% off select items. So don't miss the sale again happening right now. Impress Jewelry Creations, the holiday sale, save up to 40%. Find that perfect gift. Make sure you shop early. Don't wait too long. Get the best possible selection available. Impress Jewelry Creations is your locally owned top American source jewelry store on University Drive next to C. Kramer Interiors and, of course, online at impressjewelers.com. Let them know that I sent you. All right. What else do we have here? I, just, I, can't, I can't get over this. Like The people at NPR must... Like, they must have never just been in a position where they were just starting out at life. This guy's, you know, he's a Gen Z or he's a young dude. Um, I don't know his background or his history, but he was born in 1997. And, you know, it's like, did you know that you have to fill out an application? You have to write for like an hour? You have to fill out the paper for like an hour? And then you have to pay an application fee and you might still get denied? This is crazy. This must be racist. No, it's just what everybody goes through. When they're starting off in life. But just to watch NPR write it as if it were some weird thing that that needs some kind of a, an explanation is just kind of hysterical. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? <laughs> well, the Methodist Church apparently is going through a split. I don't know how many of you are Methodist, but there's a big split over um, really kind of gay marriage and other LGBT issues. Last weekend, over 400 Methodist churches in Texas voted to leave their parent denomination, the United Methodist Church. 
Their decision followed the mass exodus of Methodist congregations in other southern states, including North Carolina, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Arkansas, and Florida. The departing congregations joined the more conservative Global Methodist Church over concerns that the uh, United Methodist Church has grown too liberal on key cultural issues. Most importantly, LGBTQ rights. This is what Politico is writing, so just keep in mind that the, the language here is purely partisan. They're a part of a larger schism within other mainline Protestant denominations, uh, namely Episcopalians and uh, Baptists, uh, ostensibly over the uh, prop, uh, propriety excuse me, of same-sex marriage and the ordination of LGBTQ clergy into the uh, reality, though the reality over a broader array of cultural touch points involving sexuality, gender, and religious pluralism. Okay, so Joshua Zietz bought a dictionary and desperately wants to use it. So essentially, you're, you're kind of looking at this and, and they're saying, oh, this is all LGBT stuff. I, I'm willing to bet it's a heck of a lot more than that. I'll bet if you went and you asked the people at the... Um, the Global Methodist Church, I'll bet if you were to ask them why churches are leaving the United Methodist Church and going to the Global Methodist Church, I'll bet it is more than just gay marriage. But of course, it all has to be you know, broken down this way in order to demonize certain den- denominations and, and faiths and that sort of thing. Look, if a church wants to, if, if they want to do their own thing and, and do their own thing, then, then so be it. And church, church can do that. But you can't be upset when you abandon your historic traditional principles and then people don't want to go along with it. I keep telling, and look, I'm not a Catholic. I get it. I'm not Catholic. I don't have any business telling Catholics what to do or to believe. I understand that. But I don't understand when you are a Catholic, how you can say you're a Catholic while opposing Catholic doctrine. You're not really Catholic, which is fine. If you don't want to be a Catholic, that's okay. But it's like, well, you know, uh, my grandma's Catholic, my mom's Catholic, so I'm Catholic because I was always in the Catholic Church. I don't believe anything the Catholic Church says, but, you know, I've always been a Catholic, so I'm a Catholic. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change the Catholic Church to be what I believe because I don't believe anything within the Catholic Church. And that's what people are doing, not just to the Catholic Church, but, to, you know, a lot of churches. And then when people push back on it, go, yeah, no. Sorry, no. That's, I am this faith and I come to this church because of X, Y, and Z, and you're not doing X, Y, and Z, and you don't believe in X, Y, and Z anymore, so I'm going to leave. And then you have Politico going, well, you're only leaving because you're a bigot. No, that's, that's, not, that's not why I'm going. I'm willing to bet. If you were to contact the Global Methodist Church over this, and I'll, I probably will do this, by the way, I'm willing to bet that if you contacted them and said, hey, why are all of these churches splitting off from the United Methodist Church? Politico says it's just because of gay marriage. Is that it? I'm willing to bet they have a much broader answer than that. But if you can smear them and demonize them over the gay marriage debate, then, you know, why not? Take a cheap shot, go and attack them. Absolutely. But, you know, and they go through, like, the previous split and all that. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Woke church isn't church. Sorry, it's not. You're entitled to your beliefs, and that's okay. You know, we're a religiously free country. Thank God we are. But woke church is not real church. It's fake church. 
You know, the whole point of, have you ever seen the movie Dogma? I mean, it's, it's got two leftists in there. But the movie Dogma, you know, they had the whole Buddy Christ thing and all of that and how they're reforming Jesus to make him more friendly and appealing and all of that stuff. And it's just, let's change the entire faith just so we can get people in here so we can get money or whatever it is. Because you're not bringing people to God when you abandon God. If a church abandons their religious principles and they abandon God and his gospel, just to get people into the church, then what is the motivation of the church? Because it isn't God. Is it money? Seems like it's money. Because it's not God. Because you've abandoned the word of God. So what is it exactly? Because it sure seems like it's economic. Right? Am I missing something? Now, if you want to start a new faith, that's fine. Start a new faith. But don't pretend that you're a specific faith if you don't believe anything that that faith believes. And we see an awful lot of that. So maybe I'll reach out to the Global Methodist Church and, and just, I, I would love their response to this. I think that would be very interesting. MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Uh, a bit of breaking news this afternoon. I, I've had this for a little bit, but I just, you know, I wanted to, to check it and verify. I was just talking about the movie Dogma. You know, uh, Matt Damon stars in the movie Dogma, and we got some breaking news. Matt Damon is wanted on a felony arrest warrant. Apparently, he stole luggage from uh, Las Vegas airports. I, it'll always be McCarran International Airport for me. But So Matt Damon stole some luggage from the Las Vegas airport. And he's wanted on a felony arrest warrant. Um, and it says that's on top of the that's on top of the criminal charges that he faces for a similar incident in Minneapolis. Did you hear about Matt Damon stealing luggage in Minneapolis? No, no, this is the Las Vegas thing. Matt Damon is wanted for stealing luggage in, in Las Vegas. Wait a minute. What am I missing here? Many hold on a second. I gotta click on the article. Hold on. Oh, 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 it's not Matt Damon. It's it's uh, Sam Brinton, the the Biden official. Sorry, the picture looked like Matt Damon. I I apologize. Um, it's Sam Brinton. Who stole the luck. He's the cross-dressing guy that is responsible for nuclear waste at the uh, the atomic agency, which or the energy agency, which is certainly not what his job was. Uh, remember, he stole the luggage in Minneapolis. Yeah, felony arrest warrant has been issued for him stealing more luggage at a different airport in Las Vegas. So he's a perpetual luggage thief. I'm so glad that he worked for the Biden administration. I apologize about the uh, about the confusion there. I mean, he's strikingly similar to Matt Damon. Very, very, very similar looking to Matt Damon. So I apologize about that. A little confused. But uh, Sam Britton felony, yes, that was my stomach. My stomach has been doing weird noises all afternoon. Oh, my God. Okay. The microphone probably picked that one up. Jeez. So a felony arrest warrant has been issued for Biden energy officials Sam Brinton for allegedly stealing luggage from the Las Vegas airport. This is on top of 
criminal charges that he faces for a similar incident at the Minneapolis airport. Isn't this guy on the run? Have they found him yet? <laughs> I'm too lazy to look this up. I, this dude is just, oh, man. Hey, this is what happens when you put a bunch of, um, you know, cross-dressing uh, TikTok influencers in government. You, you get chaos and stupidity. That's what you get. Apparently, uh, speaking of chaos and stupidity, Brittany Griner's back in the U.S. I'm sure she's upset that she's here. I haven't heard if she's said anything yet. I'm waiting for, you know, how long it takes her to trash America, even though she desperately wanted to get back to America from Russia. Um, but I did see an article today. <laughs> I did see an article today. No, I'm not even kidding. I might even be able to find it for you about how <laughs> her, her struggle um, with, uh, with uh, yeah, here it is. Hold on a second. <laughs> This is an op-ed. Brittany Griner is finally freed, but her peril is that of black women in America. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, she's wealthy here. She was in prison there. Such peril. Such peril. The conditions that brought the U.S. basketball player to Russia in the first place and perhaps... What have kept her there for so long reflect the vulnerability that often comes with being a black woman. How bleeping stupid can you possibly be to write that? She's wealthy, okay? See, Brittany. Hold on, hold on. Oh, it's two T's. That's right, because she can't spell her own name. Okay, Griner. All right, annual. I'll just Google net worth. Net worth. Let's just do that. Not her, not her salary. Let's just do her her net worth and see what that comes up. I bet she's worth more than AOC is. Uh, let's see. Daily Mail. <sighs> Everything's running slow right now. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. Her net worth is five million dollars. Five million dollars. So she had to go to Russia. Had to go to Russia to make more money because she's a black woman in America. Her net worth is five mil. <laughs> oh my gosh. NPR doesn't know what it's like to rent an apartment. You got people writing articles about, oh yeah, yeah Brittany Griner is finally freed, but her peril is that of a black woman in America. Oh, she gets to come back here. She has a net worth of $5 million and gets to smoke all the pot she wants without going to prison for it. Amazing. This. <laughs> Absolute and total clown world. Uh, this is another thing, too. Um, this has been proposed. Brittany Griner is an American hero and should get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Okay. I bet right now she gets the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I bet it. I don't know what to offer you, but I bet it. If Brittany Griner doesn't get the Presidential Medal of Freedom, I will 3D print something for somebody. I, I don't know what else to do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, absolute and total clown world. Okay. Speaking of clown world, let's talk about Alyssa real quick. So you, you did something different today with your coffee. Alyssa came in and she goes, Casey, do you have milk? Yeah, of course. I have everything here. Uh, yes. So I have milk. 
Well, okay. So I keep the milk here for a week. And if I don't go through all of it in a week, I take it home and then I'll bring some more back like the next week Uh, because I don't want to go bad. So Alyssa comes in and she asked if I had milk. And the reason was she wanted to use my protein, the uh, chocolate peanut butter puff protein from Nutrition HQ. She wanted to mix that with some milk and then make a creamer. So you had like a chocolate peanut butter creamer for your coffee, right? And how was it? She said it was really good. And then she made a mess <laughs> with, with my mixer. Yeah, with my mixer, she made a bit of a mess. But um, she said it tasted fantastic. I honestly did not think of doing that. But she said it was great. It's like a chocolate peanut butter, you know, I don't know, coffee, cappuccino, dealio. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing that you can do with the amazing tasting proteins over at Nutrition HQ. So go to Nutrition HQ, 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka, and let them know that I sent you. You get a discount on everything in the store. You can also shop online at nhqsb.com. Use promo code KC20 at checkout to get a discount there. And if you've got particularly honorary relatives coming into town, uh, make sure you tell them about TV16. Just like, hey, look, go buy some TV16. Like, yeah, I've got this great product. Oh, it's going to make you feel good. No, no, mother-in-law. It'll, um, it'll keep you from retaining water. I promise it'll keep you from retaining water. But what it'll do is actually, you know, not make her so awful to be around. It has a mood enhancer in it. TB16 is the best-selling product at Nutrition HQ for a reason. Go to NHQ on Grape Road, 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka. Let them know I sent you. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. They... Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Can you... My microphone? is it, There it is. Okay. Wasn't me? All right. Cool. Got to tell me a balance of nature. <laughs> Which I desperately need right now. Uh, it's right here in front of me. I need to take it. Uh, here's the deal. Um, make sure you get all of your fruits and veggies every day. It, you'll feel better. General wellness will improve. Your immune system will be better. You'll have more energy, uh, better gut health, all of that stuff. Go to balanceofnature.com. Again, this is real food. It's not something that was concocted in a lab. Real food, ground up, and put into capsule form. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code LAURA, L-A-U-R-A, L-A-U-R-A, and you can go ahead and save 35%. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you follow me online at Casey, the host on your favorite social network, whichever one you prefer. It doesn't matter to me. And uh, we'll definitely... Uh, try and stay active a little bit over the weekend but not too much i like spending my family time with everybody but hope you all have a great weekend as well be safe out there those slick roads the weather that's coming in and uh, we'll see you monday right here on news talk 95.3 michiana's morning well not michiana's morning news but you can see them too but you know again see you monday